everyone, and welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha, and him, Indy. Hi, Indy. Hi. <laughs> um, this week, we are doing one of our pre-episodes, and we are talking about all things water. All things water? Some things water. Three things water. Oh, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we, you got to pick the theme, and your pick was water. Aquatic. Yes. Which is good. It's raining so hard here right now. It's boring. And so I we feel record, like we're underwater. Yeah, we record in our kitchen. So you might hear some uh, thunder. Yeah, some torrential downpour to make Water Week really like immersive. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> planned it just like this. Yeah, we, we ordered this weather. So how this is going to work is Indy and I are going to give you two spoiler-free water-based things of the week. And then Indy's going to introduce us to what our big watch is next week. So Indy, do you want to kick us off? It sounds so open when you do it like that. I kind of want my water thing to be like, the beach. (laughs) Water is my water thing of the week. A glass of water. I love water. So there were so many things I could choose from. But I kind of did it last minute, and I did the classic going to the DVD cabinet, (laughs) picking something out that was water-based, and what I came up with was the 2010 film Piranha, sometimes called Piranha 3D. I was going to say, wasn't this one advertised as 3D in the theaters? It was, and I actually saw this in the theaters, Oh, and I think... 3D is kind of a a waste. I don't like it. It just seems to make a movie I like just blurrier. Uh And I don't really get much from the 3D. This might be one of the few exceptions. I think this was worth it to watch in 3D. And there is a 3D Blu-ray out there too. So you can still watch it in 3D. Because there was that big movement of 3D TVs. Yeah, that's right. And it kind of seemed like everyone was jumping on board. I thought it would be a passing fad and turns out a little bit of a passing fad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't enjoy 3D movies just because they make me a little motion sick. But I uh, I can appreciate good 3D. I think mostly it's a movie that they then say look it's 3d and you watch it like that but it just doesn't look as good Mm -hmm. but some movies like this were planned for 3d specifically and it's it's effective so i did see this one in the theater and it was one of the few times where i thought yeah that 3d was worth it (laughs) so this is from 2010 it's a remake of the 1978 film of the same name and i think james cameron directed piranha 2 maybe big name Yeah, that's where he got his under-the-sea start, and now he just kind of lives under the sea. (laughs) True. Uh, So is that Piranha 2D? Well, it was, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And the sequel to this one is called Piranha 3 Double D. Really? Yeah. What? Because this movie has maybe more boobs than any movie I've ever seen. Like bear boobs? Yes. Oh. I kind of forgot about that. Because so I I watched a bit of it right now just before because it's like, yeah, I haven't seen it in 13 years. I should probably rewatch it to uh, to talk fresh, about yeah. it. And whoa, there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> That's what you were so, doing upstairs. So, much. <laughs> so this movie is a B movie and it knows it. And I think that's why this movie is good. Because we watch a lot of not so good movies and 
they are just trying to find ways to give you boobs and violence, but mm-hmm. not just say like, hey, that's what we're doing. But yes. clearly that's what they're doing. This movie makes no apologies. And it's it. like, we know what this is. <laughs> and we are leaning into it as much as we can. So the plot is, um, it's spring break at Lake Victoria, a fictitious place in Arizona. I think it's Lake Cavasu. Is that a real place? I'm not sure. I don't know Arizona very no, well. No, me neither. I've never been to Arizona. And there is a subterranean lake and there's an earthquake. So now this lake is filtering into the lake where all of the spring breakers are. Mm-hmm. And of course, there is an ancient species of man-eating piranha that's been down there just waiting for its chance to uh, to feast. Of course. So now is. they come out and it's very much like Jaws where they're saying, oh, we have to close the lake. But you can't. It's spring break. And so much so like Jaws that they steal scenes right from it, shots from it. And at the beginning, you get a cameo of Richard Dreyfuss as well, uh, star of Jaws. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's spoiling anything to say like, oh, yeah. And then he gets murdered right away. Or not murdered. Eaten up. Eaten up. Because everybody gets eaten up pretty much. Even the topless ladies? Oh, especially the topless (laughs) ladies. So this movie was directed by Alexander Aha, who has done... Lots of good movies. He's a French director who did um, the English version is High Tension is what it was called. And then he went on to do that remake of The Hills Have Eyes. And he made Crawl and a lot of genre films of varying degrees of success. But he is someone who I would say is an artist. He's not just out there just for the paycheck, even Mm -hmm. though he gets some of those types of movies. But he's putting a... At least an interesting spin on everything he does, and this included. So it stars uh, Elizabeth Shue, who's great. Jerry O'Connell, who I hate, but is hateable in this on intentionally, so okay. it works out well. Ving Rhames is in it. Christopher Lloyd. Eli Roth is in it for a little bit. But then we have some of our personal favorites. Adam Scott and Paul <laughs> Shear are in it as Wait, well. Wait, they're in this? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Adam Scott doesn't play a dick either. He plays like a nice guy. Oh. So that was good. The lead, I would say, is this guy named Steve McQueen. And you're thinking, Steve McQueen? That Steve McQueen? No, but it's his grandson, which I just learned. Oh, wow. Stephen R. McQueen, who I haven't seen in anything else. And also Jessica Jor, I think her name is, who I also haven't seen in other things, but they're kind of your teenage leads in this and the plot is kind of all the things you'd expect it to be there's the nice boy but then the girl he's interested in is with some Mm douchebags but maybe she actually likes him and he comes through in the end classic and there's this group of people who's like a ragtag bunch but they're gonna band together and try to save the day it's doesn't do anything new in its plot what it does new is it's very self-aware of what type of movie it is And I think the strength of the movie lays in these big disaster action sequences. The biggest one is when, of course, all of the piranhas are eating all of the spring breakers. And you got Adam Scott on a jet ski with a shotgun. (laughs) And you're sure, why not? (laughs) Ving Rams has a boat like engine that he picks up and is like chopping up fish that way. Oh, I Um, didn't know that would work. I don't think it would. (laughs) There's some like really gross effects of people being pulled out of the water and then their foot is essentially just the bones and then it's like 
more and more flesh as you go Ugh. up. The gore effects in this are, are very good and very over the top. In addition to all the people being eaten, there's someone who gets like decapitated by a boat. People are cut in half by wires becoming detached and whipping around. And of course, when someone gets cut in half, the wire goes through them, uh, cutting their bikini top off first. Oh, yes. Exposing that. Yeah. And then they fall in half as, as well. As happens quite often. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So it goes for it. It tries to be as ridiculous as possible, as over the top as possible. And it it succeeds because those effects are very impressive. And that one action sequence is one of the better action sequences you're going to see, especially when it comes to a lot of like blood effects, because there is some questionable CG every now and then. But when they do the practical effects, which they do a lot of, that is where the movie really shines, I think. Huh. Well, it sounds like a free-for-all of craziness. I think that's a pretty accurate way to describe this movie. Um, it sounded very loud and intense when you were watching it, because I was just like in the next room and then I was downstairs. And um, I was wondering what was going on, but I feel like what you just described explains it perfectly. <laughs> I can fill in the gaps in my head. <laughs> and this is a R-rated movie or 18A, depending on where you are. And of course, lots of violence, lots of nudity. Uh, you see a penis being eaten by a piranha. Oh my God. And it's it's very graphic and it's right up there, right close to where the camera would be. And it doesn't uh, try to hide anything. And then because you do have a very competent crew behind this, because I think it was a quite a low budget, but they do a lot with what they have. There are these sequences underwater where you're like, yeah, this is ridiculous and it's super bloody, but the photography is actually really beautiful. And there's this underwater extended sequence, which is just two naked women swimming. And that's it. But it's underwater. And you're like, this is exploitation perhaps but it's also so beautifully done that you kind of forget where kind of movie you're in right and you're like these people who are making this are clearly having fun they clearly aren't taking themselves too seriously but they are taking themselves serious enough mm -hmm. just because you're directing something silly doesn't mean you shouldn't make it look amazing just because you are shooting naked women swimming doesn't mean it shouldn't be as beautiful as that possibly could be. Mm -hmm. And this movie kind of does that. And especially in 3D, those big underwater sequences in 3D looked really cool. <laughs> and it was designed for that. So there are a lot of things flying kind of towards oh. you. And it kind of gets the most out of its 3D that way. And I think a lot of movies like this would either be too serious and people aren't in on the joke or mm -hmm. they're too self-aware and it's kind of has that detached irony of like look how bad this movie is yeah and this has that perfect mix for a movie like this i think where the actors are giving proper performances they're not just phoning it in they're going for it and they're playing it as their characters actually would it's a a realist movie in that way but it's not quite serious enough to make you feel like, wait, do they think that this is all like realistic? So it is that kind of perfect mix that you look for in one of these over-the-top silly movies. So if you are looking for, what did you call it? 
a cacophony of violence or something like yeah. that. <laughs> if nudity. you want violence and boobs and a little bit of humor to it as well, you should go check out Piranha or sometimes called Piranha 3D. I did watch Piranha 3 Double D, which is not as good. Oh. So this is the one from 2010. Go check it out. Why not? I think this one's largely forgotten and the reviews were pretty negative at the time. <laughs> and I think people didn't realize like what they were doing. That it's self-aware. Yeah. yeah. And it's a lot of fun. It barely makes the hour and like 25 minute mark. Oh. So it's super short. Uh, not a lot of character development, but a lot of great kills and a lot of bare breasts if you're into that as well. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Piranha 3D. <laughs> go check it out. How about you? What is your water-based thing of the week? So my water-based thing of the week is the movie One True Loves, which... Oh, we talked about this. We talked of. about the book um, last year in February. Um, and so the movie has come out this year um, in April, I believe. And uh, the reason I'm picking it for water-based is because one of the uh, main characters gets stranded on a desert island and has to swim through the ocean to get home. Right. I thought you were going to say because the main characters are themselves water-based. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, well, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so One True Loves is based on the novel by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It stars Philippa Sue, Luke Bracey, and Simu Liu, who we love. Um, and uh, it is about a woman who marries her uh Longtime love, and he is uh, kind of swept away in a helicopter crash and presumed dead because nobody else survived. And um, over time, um, over the four years that he's gone, she meets uh, up with her childhood best friend again and falls in love with him. And uh, the story, the main part of the plot kind of takes place once the husband comes home and she has to decide whether she's going to stay married to this man um that she vowed to love forever or marry her best friend uh who she is now engaged to and it went back and forth really well and i think um simu liu does a really good job of the comedic parts of this like really heartbreaking story and um he's got some like really great uh, moments in the movie where he's telling his students about uh, what he thinks is going on between um, his fiance and her husband. And uh, you get to see more and more people get drawn in by this heartbreaking story that he's telling. And uh, he keeps it like fun and funny. And uh, I just really appreciate some of the moments in this movie and how they brought it to life. So you were a big fan of the book. I was. Yeah. First off, how did you like the casting? Oh, I love the casting. I think they did a really good job of um, kind of bringing those characters to life. Um, I tend to be really critical of movies that are uh, book-based, but I think they did a really good job, and I think they kind of followed the plot in a very um, like respectful way of the original so a Sorry. pretty faithful adaptation? Yeah, yeah. They did gloss over a few things that would have been hard to kind of translate onto film. But I think overall, it's a very, very moving story. And it rarely happens. But do you, would you say that you like this movie better than the book? 
Yes. Oh, wow. I do. And I cried at the end. I was um, home alone and I was doing my nails and I realized I was just like sobbing at the end while I was trying to finish my nails and finish the movie at the same time. So I think be prepared to be very emotional after the end of this movie. I think that should be a theme month we do, like the shining month, where it's movies that were better than their source material. Oh, yeah. Um, There's a very good chance that we'll do this movie on the podcast because I really want to hear what Indy thinks of it. But um, you should definitely check out One True Loves based on the book by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I remember talking about it when we were talking about the book and we were excited Mm -hmm. or you were excited about the movie that was coming out, but it kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare. Where is this one of those like Amazon exclusives or something like that? So it is a prime video movie. And for some reason, it was never released in Canada. So you can rent it on prime video and on YouTube for $4.99, but there's nowhere to actually watch it. Which is just odd streaming for free because huh. it has one of the biggest stars in Canada right now. Yeah, in it, and I think a lot of people. He's he's a big draw, right? Like I think a lot of people would have watched this movie. I had to go through back channels to find it. Yeah, especially how much he's talked about in in the in Canadian media, especially. Mm-hmm. At the time when we were talking about it uh, close to a year ago Mm -hmm. when it came out, I guess. Yeah, it was February 22 that we were talking about the book. Because he had a autobiography that Mm -hmm. came out. He was in a Marvel movie. He was hosting a bunch of award shows here in Canada. So you'd think, put that movie in theaters and people are going to see it. But they kind of blew it on that. They really did. And I waited and I waited and I kept Googling when it came out in the States. Like, when is it coming out? Is it going to theaters? Is it going to be just on streaming? Because that's fine too. But like, I was really disappointed to see that they didn't release it, even with a big name like that, a big Canadian name. Man, film stu- studios don't know what they're doing. They don't, a lot know, of what the- they don't know what we want. We want Simu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so One True Loves, it's not available a bunch of places, but I'm sure uh, if you try hard enough, you can find it. Yeah, try hard, guys. Try hard, guys. So Indy, what are we going to be watching next week? So I thought, uh, in addition to our water theme, which I am adhering to, I wanted to do a good companion piece for last week's episode, or it might be two weeks ago, depending on if we get that Folk Fest episode yeah. out or not. But the last movie we talked about was Moana, uh-huh. which is animated. It's about a young protagonist kind of going on a mission and going into worlds of folklore. Mm -hmm. So I happen to know a good movie that does all of that as well. Okay. And that is the 2014 animated, maybe fantasy, maybe family film called Song of the Sea. Mm. So Song of the Sea is an Irish animated film And I actually saw it in a film festival at its debut uh, quite a while ago. And I haven't seen it again since, but I remember it being charming and kind of haunting in a way as well, because the animation style of this is beautiful. That was one of my maybe downsides to Moana. Of course, like the... The landscapes in it are great, but that generation of character design feels a little soulless to me. I don't feel 
as attached to those characters because they tend to look like photorealistic dolls. Mm -hmm. They look like they're plastic. Right. Right. And that level of CG, it lacks something emotional to me. Okay. I don't know. I feel like hand-drawn stuff, there is maybe an authenticity that I'm creating in my own mind, but I just, I prefer them for the most part. Yeah. And this is very beautiful. So much so that we're actually going to watch a trailer this week, which we, we haven't done in a long trailers. time. Oh, we, they excited. used to be our bit. We used to, but trailers suck now. They're like, give away the whole movie. Yeah. And I think this trailer is enough to just make you excited about it. Except for people who are listening because... Uh, the audio isn't all that descriptive, <laughs> but trust me, it looks beautiful. And I was going to talk a bunch, but since we're talking about the trailer, let's watch that first. Okay. Dad. This is your sister. You're her big brother. You must always look after her. Dad said I'm in charge and there's no going in the water. <laughs> going to try and make us move to the city. Bathroom's upstairs. Don't use the good towels. I'm going home. You're going to stay Granny's. I said no. Ah, 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 that's ish. Ah. <laughs> this is the way. I know it. What's that? This year. I'm looking for my sister. <gasps> One small hero. I have to find her. You still have a chance. Will awaken. Ah! The biggest adventure of all. Genie Mackerel. Whoa! <gasps> <Yahoo>! oh, oh. <laughs> Holy moly! That is adorable. Isn't doesn't it look great? It does, and I'm uh, I'm excited to learn more about those characters because they're so cute. The visuals are are fantastic. It kind of is perfect for this type of movie when it is both just regular Ireland, but then also there's these fantasy elements coming in because there is something fantastic about mm -hmm. the this animation style. And I guess we're doing it kind of backwards because I haven't really even pitched this movie. But like I was saying, it's similar to Moana because it has, rather than Polynesian myths, here we are drawing on a lot of Irish folklore, right. which doesn't show so much in the trailer, but that will be a big part of it. And having a character kind of go between those two worlds and go on a journey which is about self-discovery, about history, about family, and going into this kind of fantastic world. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And there is this real emotional core to the movie, mm -hmm. like Moana as well. And I think that's something that stuck with me. And it seems so intertwined with this hand-drawn animation that, to me, 
there is kind of a link between this style of animation and having that uh, kind of next step of depth that we don't Mm -hmm. always get in animated films. And there is a lot of themes about kind of holding on to your culture's traditions Mm -hmm. and what you can learn from them and how they're still applicable, which again, much like Moana. I was going to say, I really enjoy that part of Moana. And so I think I'm excited to hear more about like Irish myths and their kind of bond with the ocean, it looks like. Do you know what Selkies are? No. Oh, well, you will. You know what? I'm not even going to tell anyone about it. That's something that's going to happen in this movie. And you're going to learn about Irish folklore. And rather than having those beautiful kind of calming vistas of Polynesia that we had in Moana, here we have the rugged Irish coastline. There's some parts of it in the city as well, but you have more forests and rocky shores, but still... They're always called by the water. It, <laughs> it calls, calls me. You. Yeah, it really does. It really does. <laughs> so here it is a boy named Ben and his sister, Sirsha, who is nonverbal. And they are going to, you know what? They're, they're going to go on a mystical journey. I don't really need to say anything more than that. <laughs> it is a family-friendly movie. It has a very reasonable runtime. I think it's right around 90 minutes or so. Oh. It is beautifully animated, and it has a great emotional core that kind of holds the whole movie together. And then we have all these links to history and folklore that make it extra interesting as well. So we are going to be watching Song of the Sea. It's also available in many languages because a lot of non um, like Canadian and American movies, they do that, especially with animated mm-hmm. ones. So it wasn't originally in English, I don't think. Oh. But we'll watch the English version because most of the time, like this one, I think they did it all simultaneously. So it's not exactly a dub. They were planning for it to be in other languages. Huh. But you can get it in like Gaelic, which is... Um, appropriate for uh, where it is but it's some other ones as well but we're just going to watch it in english with irish accents perfect (laughs) i love an irish accent now after watching dairy girls yeah (laughs) and these accents are going to be much easier for you to understand than they were in dairy Girls. oh those were if they all had the same accent i think it would have been easier for me to like figure it out but it's because it changes so often So this one, again, is one of those ones where you can rent on most places, but Mm -hmm. it's not streaming for free too often, but you can rent it on YouTube and Google and Apple. But I found it on Daily Motion, and it's like a good high-def version. So I'll put that link in the show notes. Maybe it'll get taken down. I don't know, but I happen to see it on there. So if it works, go for it. I haven't watched the whole version on there, but I still have my Blu-ray that I got way back when. So we'll be watching it uh, that way. Check your local library or rent it, or maybe you happen to see it way back when it came out. Awesome. Well, we will see you next week when we talk about, what's it called? Song of the Water? The 2014 (laughs) animated feature, Song of the Sea. Song of the Sea. Okay. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.